Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Awesome. You can take a seat. Um, I'm going to get straight into it. I love hearing stories about uh, camp. The team was sharing about young people encountering God, and I've seen that over the years, and it leaves a mark in someone's life when they encounter God in that way. And today I want to talk about um, moments, moments in our life, and I want to uh, just chat about that and get you thinking about moments. I want you to think about your life, uh, moments that happen. And you know, there's people all around us, whether, we, whether you realize it or not, or whether you or others realize it, we live for moments. There's people that want to experience moments in their life. People go looking for moments. People go to concerts and for that moment to see a singer or they uh, go to an event to, ha- to or see a movie and they, the movie might even be a true story but it's like maybe a great story, a, a great movie and so they go there and they go, oh, that was an awesome moment when that happened in that movie and or they'll go on an adventure, they'll go climb a mountain. I know some of you have climbed a mountain and, and done things around the world or traveled and, and there's all these moments that happen. So people go looking for moments because it does something in their life. And, you know, there's sometimes we remember, we go through things and we remember some moments, like we can just tell you about it instantly. We remember it like it just happened yesterday. Other moments we kind of forget about. Things happen, but we just don't remember all the details. But some we remember more than others. Why do we remember some moments more than others? Yesterday there was a grand final on, AFL grand final. Who watched the AFL grand final? A few hands. Who's a Collingwood supporter? Oh, uh, yeah. You probably had a tear yesterday. And um, and so I was listening on the radio about, uh, you know, about it was like three-quarter three, three quarter time, I think, in the game. And, and they were talking. They were saying, there's someone, people were ringing in. And a guy rang in and he said, oh, uh, yeah, we just have had a guy. He's, he set up, he, uh, his dad had died, who was an avid Collingwood supporter. And so he had gone to the cemetery and set up with his family a whole TV screen and was sitting next to his dad's grave watching the game. And then, and also his mate who went for Collingwood or whatever, and, uh, and he, he had died early in the end, so he was holding his hat the whole game, believing that Collingwood were going to win the game. So you can think about that all you want. Um, some, um, Colling, some Collingwood supporters are fanatical, um, and uh, I guess you either love them or dislike them. And, um, and so, but you know, some people about sport, they're passionate about sport. People go to, you know, spend thousands of dollars to get to that game yesterday in, in Melbourne, the MCG, there was 100,000 people there. And uh, they spent thousands of dollars, accommodation, food, and all that kind of stuff, to have a moment. To say, I was there. I saw the West Coast. You know, people came, thousands, tens of thousands came, flew all the way from Perth to watch the West Coast Eagles play and, and would have spent a lot of money to believing and hoping their team would win. And, and you know, and all that kind of stuff. So people go to things for moments. I was watching a... Uh, concert the other night, bits of it, not the whole thing, a Michael Bublé concert and it showed behind the scenes and it showed the concert live and all this kind of stuff and, and then you'd see at the start and he'd sing all these songs and, and there's a crowd of probably 10,000 people there in an auditorium and, and they all knew the words, they're singing away and having a great time and then I sort of flicked it over and flicked back a bit later and went to it and just came on at this point whereas people are standing there and they're holding each other and there's tears 
flowing down the rights, and he's singing this song, which was a nice song, but it was a sort of a sad song, I guess. It was making people think and remember about so. And so there wasn't just a few people; there was a whole lot of people. They're not they're not singing; they're just tears in their eyes, and they and they're just sort of swaying, you know, in the, in the as, as, you, as you do. And and so they and they're having a moment. And if they went, you know, home and to their family or friends, and they said, "How's the concert?" They said, "Oh, yeah, the concert was great," you know, and they did that song and all that and had a great time. But there was that one moment. And they would be able to tell you in detail when he sang that song. It affected me. I remembered this. And when he sang that song. And then months down the track, they'll forget all the other moments in that concert. But they'll go, but there was that one moment. And so people go and experience things in life. And they want to experience things in life for that one moment. Some moments in life are a highlight. Some are a low light. There's some moments we remember that uh, you know, affect us differently in different situations. I want to show you a video out of Who's Seen the Greatest Showman. If you haven't seen that movie, it's, it's worth watching. And uh, Hugh Jackman's in that. And, this, and they're going to explain what happens, but there's, they're at a rehearsal uh, in New York City with all the producers, all the big you know, wigs are there about, and it's, the, it's the, to get the green light to go ahead to actually do the movie and all this kind of stuff, and they're going through the thing. And, what, and Hugh Jackman had just had a skin cancer cut out on his nose, and, uh, and they sort of tell the story that he wasn't allowed to sing, and here's all the people waiting for him to sing, and, and it's the story, but it gets to a moment uh, through, they'd gone through all the songs, and they got acted it all out, and it got to a moment where it got to a point where it, the song was meant more than just the words, just a song. And I want to show you this video. If you don't know the words, it doesn't matter, but you'll see what I mean when you watch it. People live for moments like that. And uh, it kind of got to, and if you've seen the movie, that song's a pivotal song in the movie. But uh, it kind of was more than just some words. It's something. And it kind of actually reminds you a bit like church. <laughs> like you're in a church. We, it wasn't, but it kind of like had that feeling like it was more than just a song. And uh, also, if you're wondering, uh, because he sang, he actually split open all the um, stitches in his nose, 18 stitches, uh, split, I don't know how many, a whole lot of them, and his nose started bleeding afterwards, So, because he wasn't meant to sing. But the, the, his passion and desire to be a part of that moment got the better of him, and he didn't care. And so I just want you to understand that our world we live in, people live for moments, okay? There's moments that we live for, things that happen. Now, some moments, though, are more important than others. We remember moments more. When a moment touches our emotions or our feelings, it's like it puts an emotional mark on our lives. And those are moments that you don't forget. When you have something that goes deeper than just uh, something you experience or see or whatever, when it touches your emotions, when it touches your feelings, like it, it reminds you, it puts a mark there that you just don't easily forget it. You actually remember it and you can easily tell someone about it because you're telling them about how it made you feel. It's not just words, it's not just something you saw, it actually affected you deeper. But there's moments in our lives that go much deeper than just watching a thing like that or going to a concert or going for an experience somewhere. There's moments in our life that have much more meaning. So there's moments of meaning. Getting married is a moment of meaning. Having a first child or having a baby is a moment of 
meaning. It means something. It goes deeper than just like, oh, we went out and just, you know, something happened today. It's a moment that's life-changing. Getting married is a life-changing moment. Having a child is a life-changing moment. Going to a funeral can be a life-changing moment. If it's a loved one, it's a, if it's a mum or dad or family member, it, it's, it's, it's a moment that you don't just forget because it touches your emotions, it touches your feelings, it goes deeper than that. There's moments that matter in our lives, moments that matter. Being there to support family or friends for celebrations, that's a moment that matters. Being there to support family and friends through difficult times can be a moment that matters. It may not be almost like a moment that matters as much to you, but it may matter to them. It's a moment that matters to that other person. It's a moment that if you are there, it affects them greatly, affects them deeply, and it can affect you deeply as well because you were there in that moment. So there's moments of meeting, there's moments that matter, and there's moments that define you. Making the right choice or the define you, depending on what that choice is, depending on uh, what that may entail, whether it's a big decision, whether it's a situation that if you make the wrong decision could get you in a lot of trouble, then that could be a moment that will define your life. It could be a moment that if you make a right choice, defines your life. Getting married is a moment that defines your life. Giving your life to Jesus and surrendering to Him is a moment that will define you. It's a moment that will make a difference. It'll cause you to change direction. It'll cause you to change the way you're living. There's moments that are important. There's moments of integrity, living with integrity, choices that we make, moments that define you. I want to read from 1 Peter 1, 13 to 21 in the Passion Translation. And it uh, and thinking about those as three things I talked about, moments that matter, moments that define you. I want you to listen to these words. So then prepare your hearts and minds for action. Stay alert and fix your hope firmly on the marvelous grace that is coming to you. For when Jesus Christ is unveiled, a greater measure of grace will be released to you. As God's obedient children, never again shape your lives by the desires that you followed when you didn't know, any, didn't know better. Instead, shape your lives to become like the Holy One who called you. For Scripture says you are to be holy because I'm holy. Since you call on Him as your Heavenly Father, the impartial judge who judges according to each one's works, live each day with holy awe and reverence throughout your time on earth. For you know that your lives were ransomed once and for all from the empty and futile way of life handed down from generation to generation. It was not a ransom payment of silver and gold, which eventually perishes, but the precious blood of Christ, who like a spotless, unblemished lamb was sacrificed for us. This was part of God's plan, for He was always laid, but He... Um, he was chosen and destined for this before the foundation of the earth was laid, but He has been made manifest in these last days for you. It is through Him that you now believe in God, raised Him from the dead and glorified Him so that you would fa fasten your faith and hope in God alone. Jesus is our foundation. Moments matter in our lives. I and mean, when Christ is our foundation, when we understand what He has done, what He has saved us from and how we are to live, then those moments will matter. Those moments will be affected by how you choose to live your life. There's a fourth area we're going to talk about in a moment, but I want to ask you a question. Who was uh, here last Sunday morning? Put your hand up. 
Okay, you can leave your hand up for a second. Who remembers last Sunday morning one or more of the four main points I shared? Who remembers two or more of the main points I shared? Very good up the back there. Three? Four? No one remembers. That's okay. First service, people grabbed their notes and they were flicking through. The The four main points were this. To listen, obey, praise, and do it together. That were the four main points. Now, who remembers the biblical story I shared last week? Whom story? Many more hands remember the story. What was the story? It was about Jericho when they marched around the city. Oh, now, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, now I remember the points. Yeah, just need a little reminder there. The truth is this, statistics tell us that within three weeks you'll remember 5% what I'm saying today. That makes me feel really good. (laughs) All the hours of preparation, half my Saturday gone, you know, you know, no, it's fine. And so, but that's the truth, okay? Now, some of you remember more than others, but generally, you know, if I was just to stand here and read to you. Uh, which I'm not doing, but reading to you just, uh, you know, a message to read it out. In three weeks' time, you remember 5% of what I say. But if something I say touches your emotions or feelings, you'll remember that and will be able to share it with someone else if you're asked. You'll remember that long before. You maybe remember that for a very long time. If something has gone beyond just you hearing it, but has actually affected you, in your emo- it's actually made you laugh or cry or be astonished or amazed or something like that, it affects your emotions, you'll straight away go, oh, yeah, but I remember that story. And you'll be like, how's church the last few weeks and what's been happening? And you go, oh, there was this story they shared. There was something that was said. And you'll remember it because it's gone beyond just you hearing it. It's affected your emotions. It leaves an emotional mark, like we said before, on our memory, so you can remember it straight away. You'll also remember stories better than you remember points, as we just highlighted right then. One guy at the back there knew three. That was well done. And uh, some of you knew one, and some of you didn't have a clue. And, uh, and that's fine. And, um, and so, I'll tell you something, though, that quite a few of the transformation guys did remember, and girls, which is very good. And so, obviously, they were going over stuff. So... But a story you will remember more than points. Now, that doesn't mean that those, what I'm saying isn't important, those points aren't important. They're very important. But what it does mean is that when you share a story regarding something, you'll grab a hold of that. That's why we love watching movies. We love watching movies because they tell a story. We love stories. We love listening to stories. People will sit down and they'll listen to someone's story. Tell me about your life. Tell me, and, and if it's a really good life story, they'll go, this is awesome. I want to hear this. You can go, oh, here's my life in points. When I, in 1981, I went down and did this. In 1982, I did, and I'll go, oh, you're boring. Okay, I'm going to go talk to someone. But then you start telling it in a story, then they'll go, oh, this is, tell me more. What happened? You know, and so stories, we remember stories. So the fourth thing I want to talk about is God's power coming in contact with our soul, spirit, and body. Okay, it goes deeper than what 
watching something on a screen or watching a movie. God encountering us. We can encounter God and we can hear it or encounter His power and it actually can heal us physically. It can actually heal us emotionally. It goes more, you can hear something, you can, God can speak to you and in a moment the power of God can touch your life and suddenly He can heal or release something in your life in a moment of encounter and it goes far deeper, far deeper than some Maybe your stories of someone's life you've heard or, or maybe just or watching a song like that, even though that's really cool and sounds good and that may you know, lift your spirits or make you feel good, and ultimately it won't heal you. It won't heal your body. It won't heal maybe a broken heart or it may make you feel good for a while, but it won't ultimately heal you. We have a world that are looking for moments to try and get healing for their brokenness, but they're not finding it. So they just keep going around and around, looking, I need the next encounter. I need the next moment. I need the, I'm, I want to go. And then so when we get, our life gets, well, I'm going to go out and do this. Take my mind off this other stuff. Let's go out and do this. Let's go and, and so they're looking, but they're not finding. But a moment of encounter with God is when you find. When the youth are on that camp and they go home to their families and they said, how's camp? How's all the activities? All that stuff? Oh, the activities are good, but that, but that night when I was prayed for, I was laying in the mud and my hair was covered and I was wet. My, I ruined my shirt. It's wrecked, mum. Here it is. And they said, that was the best night of my life. And they will remember that. And you can ask them in five years' time and say, you know, remember that camp? Oh, that was, the, that was the camp when I encountered God. That's when my life changed. That's an encounter with God. And so that's what I'm talking about. We can have life, we can live life with moments and they're great. And we live life with people and we need to do all that kind of deeper encounter with God that we should not miss. And so it says in 1 Corinthians 4.20, For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, it is living by God's power. The words and the Word of God are vitally important. Yes, they are, but they also come with an encounter of God's power. And when we encounter God, those last three points, moments that matter, moments that define you, moments uh, that of meaning, when we encounter God and allow His power to touch our lives, it will help us in every other decision we make, every other moment that matters, every other moment of meaning, every other moment that will define you, those decisions you make when you have an encounter with God, when God is a part of it, your decision process will be much better than without God. You will make good choices because they were, you understand these are important moments that I'm living in. I, I was thinking about this and I can remember moments in my life that are from up to 20 years ago have shared a message that I can still remember what the title is and I could tell you in detail of what, it, what they looked like, what happened, who, what, how many people were in the building, what I saw God do, I could tell you. So I want to list a couple of those. 20 years ago, in September exactly, early September this month, exactly 20 years ago, in 1998, I was uh, in, in Pensacola, Florida, in Brownsville Church. There was a revival going on and evangelist Steve Hill was preaching and he preached a message called The Rod and the Axe. And I can still tell you exactly all about that message, what it was about, and what happened at the end. I'm not going to tell you now, it'll take too long. But it was a powerful message. I can remember 
that in early 2000s going to Planet Shakers in Adelaide and hearing Pastor Rich Wilkinson, who is still a pastor in Miami, Florida today, and he spoke a message, I want the cross. I can still remember the next year when Glenn Bateau came. He was from Baton Rouge in uh, Louisiana. And uh, he shared his story, his testimony, one of the most amazing I've ever heard. I've heard him say it a couple of times now. I've got it on video. It's so powerful. And I remember him sharing that testimony. I saw thousands of people respond at the altar that night. I can remember a few years after that, in about 2006, 2007, Reggie Dabbs was in Brisbane, Planet Shakers Conference, and he spoke a message, Will you dance with me again? I could tell you the story that he shared. I could tell you what happened in that meeting. And then a few years later, I heard him speak another message, Reggie Dabbs, at Planet Shakers in Brisbane. Last year, they were in Planet Shakers, was held in Brisbane. They're back there now. But back in 2008, 2009, and the message was called, Here Come the Dogs. (laughs) Tim remembers that too. And a few of you were in that building. I had people come back telling me that was the most powerful, one of the most powerful meetings ever, the power and the, like the presence and power of God and the holiness of God was in that place. And so many people repented and just got their lives right with God on that night. Four things that, were, that all those meetings had. There's many more too, but these are four common things. There were moments that touched people's feelings in all those meetings. There was moments that... That God's spirit touched people. People cried, they, they laughed, they were affected by God in those meetings. They're, they all told stories. There were real life stories told. There was um, Bible stories told. There were stories told. And people um, related to those stories. They captured those stories. Those stories related to people and they got a hold of their heart. The people in the building in all these meetings had a faith and an expectancy that they were going to meet with God. That was vital. Every one of those meetings, there was thousands of people in them, and people were there that were expecting to encounter God. There was a faith. There was an expectation. They weren't there just to go, oh, well, this is going to, let's sing a few songs and let's go home. They, oh, they thought, oh, I'm going to encounter God, exactly what He's going to do, but I'm here. I'm desperate for Him, and God, I'm believing you're going to do something great in my life tonight. There's an expectancy. And the last thing, there was an encounter with God at the end of the message. In all those meetings, thousands of people, thousands of people gave their life to Jesus. People were healed. People were set free. People were, people were laid out under the power of God for in one of those meetings for hours, for hours. Two and three people deep, in fact, in one of them. And so God showed up. You always remember when God shows up. It's not an ordinary meeting. It's not an ordinary time. When God shows up, it changes everything. We sang it this morning. Jesus, you change everything. When he shows up, when you encounter God, he really does change everything. And so I remember those things. So you, and you can watch that video. You can go to a concert or your favorite singer or it may be and have a moment where it's great and you can, you can even laugh and cry, whatever, sing a song, but it will, nothing will compare with an encounter with God. You can go on a trip overseas and travel the world and have some great times with friends and, and tell great stories and great, create memories, but it will not compare to an encounter with God. One encounter with God will beat all of it. 
We'll beat all of it. It's a lot cheaper too. Much cheaper. So an encounter with God goes much deeper than other encounters. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't enjoy life and have great moments. You should. But don't miss out on what God has for you. Don't miss out on what God has for you. If we look at Jesus, what did Jesus do? When Jesus spoke to people, what did Jesus do? How did he communicate to people? Jesus told stories. The whole gospel is full of stories. Stories over and over again. He, some were just true stories about life. Some were made up stories to, to illustrate a point. But he, they, the Bible calls them parables. They're basically stories that Jesus told. Why did he tell stories? Because he totally understood all of this. He knew if he told a story, they would straight at everything he wanted to say by telling stories. Then he would talk about points and share other things. But the story, people would go and say, I they would remember the story and they would go to other people and they'd talk about the story that Jesus shared. So Jesus knew that if he shared stories in that way, that people would remember it and they would then encounter God. And then every time he shared stories after that, people would come who were sick, who were broken, who were hurting, and he would come and he'd heal them. And the, and the blind eyes would see and the deaf ears would hear and the lame would walk. And incredible miracles happen when it was a demonstration. It wasn't just talk, but it was also living. God's kingdom is living with God's power. It's talk, but it's power. It's more than just words. And so Jesus understood all of that. There was one story I just wanted to share, and I'll read it to you. It's a pretty powerful story, and just put yourself in a, in a moment being there. If you're watching this, it says, Shortly afterward, Jesus left on a journey for the village of Nain with a massive crowd of people following him. So there's thousands. Massive is thousands, could be tens of thousands, I don't know, but there was a lot of people following him. Along with his disciples, as he approached the village, he met a multitude of people, multitudes, thousands again, in a funeral procession, who were mourning as they carried the body of a young man to the cemetery. The boy was his mother's only son, and she was a widow. When the Lord saw the grieving mother, his heart broke for her. So here's two crowds. We've got a multitude of people in a funeral procession, okay? So obviously it's well known, thousands of people walking to the cemetery. I want you to picture that. Then there's a multitude coming the other way following Jesus. So you've got a, they're about to, you know, mourn someone's death. They're sad. They're like sad at what's going on. And here is Jesus walking with a crowd full of life. They're following Jesus. Action stations like Anyone could be healed at a moment. Let's just follow Jesus. Let's see what's going to happen. And so Jesus is walking, and he said he sees the mother, the grieving mother. With great tenderness, he said to her, please don't cry. Then he stepped up to the coffin and touched it. When the pallbearers came to a halt, Jesus said to the corpse, young man, I say to you, arise and live. Immediately, the young man moved, sat up and spoke to those nearby. Jesus presented the son to his mother, alive he stopped it didn't even lay his hands on the boy he just spoke just spoke get up and live just spoke life now why did he do that one of the reasons is this the main reason he looked at the mother who was grieving the mother was a widow in those days 
the women didn't work, they were supported by the man, or if the husband had died, her son would be the one that would bring in finances and income to the family. And her only son had died. And she had no one else to support her. So she would end up on the streets, begging, whatever what happened, that's how it was in those days. So Jesus saw her and cared for her so much that he said, I'm going to heal your son. So he stopped. Can you imagine this today? One of you hanging out of the cemetery, waiting for some people to arrive. And they wheel in the coffin to the grave and you walk up and go, excuse me, can you just stop for a minute? Just can you open it up? And that's what Jesus did. And they be like, people look at it, no, I don't think we can actually. What are you? Who are you? We don't know you. But this is what Jesus did. And you imagine you go and pray for someone and they come back to life. That would cause a few reactions around the place. And so, but that's exactly what Jesus did. And so you can imagine you know, there's thousands of people. We're now talking about two multitudes, two crowds of thousands of people. That Jesus is in the middle with a coffin. And they're standing there and they're watching what's going on. And you can imagine going, Jesus heals him. He sits up and he just starts talking to people. Hey, how are you doing? He goes, I've just come back to life. Just, do you, want, do you want me to tell you what I just saw? And they're like, whoa. You know, like, and so that's what happened. And so you think the people are like, oh, gee, that's nice. Isn't that nice? He's back. Oh, we don't have to go to the cemetery now. I can go home and watch the footy. And so, and uh, that was, that was that wasn't that good. Hi, high five. High five, Jesus. Well done. And so, and you imagine they just, oh, that's good. Let's go home. See you later. It's all right, everyone, go home now. He's back alive again. We don't really what happened, but you know, he's back to life. Do you think that was the reaction? No, this is a reaction that happened. A tremendous sense of holy mystery swept over the crowd as they witnessed this miracle of resurrection. They shouted praises to God, saying, God himself has visited us to bless his people. A great prophet has appeared among us. The news of Jesus and this miracle raced throughout Judea and the entire surrounding region. That is a story that would have been told over and over and over and over again thousands of times because there's a moment of God encountering people. They're moments you don't forget. Every one of those thousands of people would have remembered that moment. Until the day they died, they could have asked about that 20 years down the track. And they said, oh, what have you seen happen? Day when I was standing next to a coffin, when this boy was dead, he was sure he was dead. And Jesus walked up and he came back to life. That's a moment people wouldn't have forgotten. So God has moments for us. Moments of encounter. Jesus understood that. 1 Peter 1.3 says, It's all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Then it says this, Now we live with great expectation. We live with great expectation. Worship tune, you want to come up? We live with great expectation. Can I ask you a personal question that you've really encountered God? When was the last time that you really have encountered God? Where it's been a moment where you go, that was God. Something's just changed. When was the last time that has happened? There may have been times in your life that, you know, there's times in my life I can remember that God met me there. God, I knew there's marked. It's like I encountered God and He changed me on the inside. When was the last time that happened? Maybe it was years ago. If it was years ago, can I just say this? Then it's been too long. 
since you've encountered God. It's been too long. We need to regularly encounter God. Encounter with God will change you. And encounter God will change everything in your life. It will readjust your life. When we, Our life could easily just veer in one course direction. We don't even realize it's happening. And an encounter with God will just kind of line everything back up again. An encounter with God will keep us alive. It will stop us getting dry. It will stop us getting comfortable. It'll stop us just sort of going through the motions of life. That scripture said, now we live with great expectation. Do you come to church with great expectation? It's easy to come to church and just kind of sing some songs and listen to a message that you'll remember 5% of in three weeks' time. But when you come with expectation... Suddenly, it's not just another meeting. God loves expectation. God loves, you know, I've seen people in a crowd that have one person that they've just been so hungry for God that they've just arrogated in the whole building just to themselves and hogged it all. And everyone else can be just standing there and maybe nothing's happening, but this one person, their whole life, the world has changed in a moment. So it's not that God isn't here. It's not that God doesn't want to encounter you but sometimes we're just not prepared and ready to encounter him our encounter with God you know we can come to church faithfully but sometimes it's without belief it's without expectation of what he will do sometimes our thoughts are so fixed on the things of this life and they can they can be important things but we forget that He is actually the life giver. And so our thoughts aren't fixed on Him, but when we fix our minds, our thoughts on God, an encounter with God is just around the corner. It's just a moment away. Sometimes we have to get so desperate for God before He moves. Sometimes God wants us to get in a place where our hearts are crying out for Him, where when we sing a song, The words are more than just words. They actually mean something. That's what Tim said before. That's what Tanil said before. The words we sing, we're not singing them just to sing some words. That was nice. Those words, so you can, those words, when you allow them to speak to you, God will speak to you through songs, through worship, and it will change you. It gets you in a place ready to encounter Him. This last scripture I just want to share, and I, I was looking for the right scripture, and I, this is the one that goes this in James 4, verse 8. The Passion Translation says this, Move your heart closer and closer to God, and He will come even closer to you. Then it says this, But make sure you cleanse your life, you sinners, and keep your heart pure and stop doubting. Now the first bit we really like. Move your heart closer and closer to God. And he will come close to you. We like that bit. But then it says, But make sure that you cleanse your life, you sinners, and keep your heart pure and stop doubting. This this scripture isn't written to non-believers. It's written to Christians. It's saying, If there's any sin in your life, make sure you deal with it and come to me. You don't have to come to God perfect. You just come to him honest. 
don't have to be perfect. If, if we had to come to God perfect, none of us would be in this building. Church wouldn't happen. There wouldn't be church. God says, come as you are, but come to me honest. That word doubting simply means this. When we doubt God, it means when we doubt, we divide our loyalty between the world and God. In other words, we're not putting our full trust in Him. We don't fully believe that God will do what He said He would do in my life. And so if we, if we doubt, then we don't come with expectation. We don't come hungry. But if we believe what Jesus said, if we believe what God's Word says is true, then we will come without doubt and say, I believe, I believe that God can do anything. I believe that this is the day that God will break through in my life. I'm going to come with expectation. And if no one else comes, I will still, I will still be there with expectation. Because God, I believe in your word. I believe who you are. I believe in what you said you would do. And I believe you're a God who wants to encounter my life. So I want you to stand today. As we finish today, just want you to close your eyes and I'm, and I'm going to have a time just of a response. The first thing I want to ask is this, that if you're here and you've never ever surrendered or given your life to Jesus, you've never, that's the first step where you've never said, Jesus, come into my life, forgive me of my sin, forgive me of the wrong things I've done. Would you come into my life? Please forgive me. If you've never responded in that way, come to know God in that way, have your sins forgiven, then I'm going to ask you right now, if that's you and you need to do that today, please just raise your hand and let me know and then put it back down again. If you want to do that today, I'd love to pray with you. Anyone in this building you want to do that today? We had two or three people in the first meeting did that. Anyone who needs to do that today? The second thing I want to ask is this. That scripture said, draw closer and closer to God and He will draw close to you. We're going to start to sing this song. And I'm simply going to open up this altar for you to say, God, I want to draw closer to you today. I want to come, Lord God, with an expectation. Maybe you don't have it, but just taking a step will cause you to say, God, I am expectant. God, would you begin to stir your spirit, your spirit inside of me? Would you begin to stir me up again to be expectant, to believe for what you can do in my life? God, I want to encounter you again. We had several people respond in the first meeting and, and they encountered God and they said God just did this this morning, God did that this morning and there's people standing here right now where you haven't had an encounter with God for a long time and you need to. You need to because you're dry and maybe you don't realise it. You're thirsty and God says I have water, living water for you to drink. I can encounter you. There's people here with life you need healing in your body and God can heal you in a moment. There's, God wants to touch people and heal people and meet people right where they're at. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be honest with God this morning. And so why don't you come as we sing this song and let's open up this altar. Come and stand and one of the team will just pray with you. before. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.